you for worshiping with us today. I'm reading today from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Very, 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 matter of fact, let's just read 1, 2. Let's read verse 1 and 2. You'll put verse 1 on the screen for me. Hebrews chapter 12. Here's what it said. Now, you got to understand what Paul was talking about. We are leaving the, the chapter called the faith chapter of the Scriptures. Hebrews chapter 11. Powerful stuff in there. Enough, enough studying and reading to do in Hebrews chapter 11 to, to change our lives forever. Faith. Faith. And then, as soon as that's over, this is what Paul goes into in writing to the church. He said, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every way. Everybody say every way. He said, and the sin that does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Now, verse 2. This is the way you run the race. This is the way you, you chart your course. He said this, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. I want everybody to say these three words with me this morning. Looking unto Jesus. That's my text today. Looking unto Jesus. You may be seated. God bless you this morning. I, I mentioned it just a moment ago, but if you go back and study Hebrews chapter 11, that faith chapter of the Bible, it begins with, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, and the evidence of things not seen. And when you read on down, you'll find in about the sixth verse it said, For without faith it is impossible to please God. Or to please Him, for he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. And then Paul goes into the explanation of those who had great faith, and telling the stories of great people of the Bible. And then he talked about those who were yet unknown, but all of them were full of faith. When he gets through with all of that, he said, look what we are compassed about with. Great witnesses. A great cloud of witnesses. How many of you understand today that we would not be where we are and we would not be who we are unless there were some witnesses of the past that brought us to where we are today? Look around today. Many of you, many of you can remember, can remember the old times. Some of you go back as far as some brush harbor days. Some of you go back to when, when glossolalia was not popular. That's tongue talking. Some of you go back to when open worship was not cool. Now, many churches have gone to two services. They have one traditional and they have one like we've always had. 
Hello. And they play their band in one service, and they sit like stony, stone age people in the next service. We've been cool before it was cool. Because we've always believed in lifting our hands and lifting our voice and clapping our hands unto God. Amen. I'm glad they're discovering that. Because worship will turn the heart of God. Y'all don't mind if I just forget all the notes and preach a little bit today, do you? You can't have a move of God without worship. There will never be a miracle without worship. There will never be a healing without worship. There will never be anything good that happens in the church without praise and worship unto God. I'm glad we got praise singers and music and people that know how to clap your hands, uh, lift your voice, lift your hands, and give God praise. Somebody shout hallelujah. Amen. So, so we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. You don't have to go back all the way to the Bible days to find people of great faith. I have known people in my life and do know them now. People of great faith. I have seen miracles in my life. I have watched the working of the hand of God. I have watched people that were, were healed by the laying on of hands and anointing with all. I've watched miracles transpire both in and out of the church. I am here to tell you that if I died today, I have lived the life of seeing the moving and the power and the presence of God. I personally am compassed about with so great cloud of witnesses in my own life, and so are many of you. Now, if you're new to all this, you may not understand it. But here's what I want to go and where I want to go to on this Sunday morning. I want to go to verse 2. Because when he said, when you're compassed about with your witnesses, here's what you have to do. You've got to lay aside the weight. You've got to lay aside your sin. And you've got to run with patience. Somebody say, with patience. I don't have much of that. I need a new dose. If God could baptize me with it, I'd be thankful. Amen. I hate to get stuck in traffic. Might as well be honest. I don't like to get behind slow people. I don't like to sit over two minutes in McDonald's line. That's supposed to be fast food. Some of them I went to was anything but fast food. Amen? You know what I'm talking about. We all live in the same world. We live in that fast-paced world. We like things done in the fast lane. Everybody said hallelujah. I'm preaching a little bit today. But, but, but here, here's what Paul said. You've got to lay aside your weight. Here's what that Scripture tells me. And I, I didn't intend to say all this, but I am. There's some things that are weight. And there's some things that are sin. And what is necessarily weight may not be sin. Now think about that. There's some things you have to lay down because they, they will distract you in your relationship with God. You can't shove them down everybody else's throat. You can't say, we can't, none of us do this, or none of us can partake of that because that's wrong for me. 
If it's wrong for you, that's fine. It may not be wrong for everybody else. Well, that's good preaching whether y'all like it or not. I'm talking about laying aside the, the weight. There's some things that will weigh us down. There's some things that will drag us down. There's some things that become God to people and, and become first in their life. And the first thing you know, it's pulling them away from the church. And it's pulling them away from their relationship with God. The Bible said you've got to lay that down. That's not good for you. There's also sin. Sin is lifted in this book. Sin is spelled out in this book. Sin is a transgression against the law of God. There's some things that are weight and there's some things that are sin. Oh, I'm preaching good this morning. There's some things that, that, that we call sin that wasn't necessarily sin. I, I'll tell you a story. Some of you will and some of you won't understand this, but... But but many years ago, when my when my dad came to the Lord, he was a he he was a rodeo guy. He he liked that. My dad was a rodeo guy. He liked horses. He 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 liked all that business. And and uh, so when he came to God, he just had to lay that down because that that was that was his life. He he's told this story before he passed. He's told it to you before. But he laid that down. Now, did he feel like a rodeo would send everybody else to hell? No. But it's just something that, and it may not have sent him to hell. But he couldn't have that weighting him down and, and, and breaking up his relationship with God. Do you understand? That's a prime example. <clears throat> There's some things in your life that you have because of your environment, because of where you came from, because of some of the things you used to do in the world. There's other things that are some that, that same thing may not affect the guy down the pew from you today. It may not mean a hill of country uh, beings to him. But I'm here to tell you right now, that's just some personal relationship with God that you have to take care of. I'm preaching like a pastor today. Now hear me, hear me. There are some things that are sin. Adultery is sin. Lying is sin. Perversion is sin. Come on now. Cheating is sin. Transgressions of the law. Things that are here, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, they're all sin. Gossip is sin. Backbiting is sin. I might have, I might have stay right there a few minutes. Amen. So, so, so what do you... So what are you saying? I, I, I'm not to my sermon yet. I'm just giving you a little little introduction. Oh, I, I'm, I'm getting there. But here, here's the deal. You've got to lay down the weight and you've got to lay down the sin. And you've got to run with patience the race that is set before you. That's what the Bible said. And then it went here. Paul said, looking to Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. Oh, if I could get us today.
to look unto Jesus. There's, there's uh, on Thursday nights, so you're probably not hooked up to them. You probably don't even remember them. But Mark and Lori Carruthers, if they knew I was preaching about them, they'd tune in today. Mark and Lori Carruthers have been to this church to sing many, many years ago. And, and they sing a lot of old stuff. They're on Facebook, and they do a Facebook Live deal every Thursday night. And I tune in. If I don't get to catch it when, when they're doing it, I'll come back and catch it later. But, but a, a couple of weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, they started singing this song. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. Then the things of this old earth will grow strangely dim through the light of His glory and grace. How many of you remember that song? That's an old one, isn't it? Turn your eyes. Ladies and gentlemen, if I can do this on this Sunday morning, I would like for you to look to the author and to the finisher of our faith. Because in Him there is every answer. In Him there is strength. In Him there is power. In Him there is anything you need. Let me talk first of all about about other things that we're looking to. We have looked to the medicine cabinet. We've looked to the psychologist. We've looked to the doctor. We've looked to the certain book. We've looked to the motivational speaker. We've looked to the group. We've looked to the people. We've looked to everything but Jesus. But hey, I'm here to preach to you on a Sunday morning. If you want to get where you need to be, you've got to get your eyes on Jesus. Hallelujah. You've got to get your eyes on the one that started it all. You've got to get your eyes on He that is King of kings and Lord of lords. And furthermore, listen to me, furthermore, He is the author of your faith. Everybody say, He started it. He began it. He's the one that made it possible. Without Him, there would be no Christian Life Church. Without Him, there would be no hand clapping this morning. Without Him, there would be no worship today. Without Him, we'd all be struggling pilgrims in a world without hope. But because we have Him, because He went to Calvary, because He shed His blood, because He took the whip at the crown of thorns, not only do we look to Him, but we love Him because he gave us everything. He is the author of my faith. Hallelujah. 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 He made it all possible. Jesus paid it all. All to Him I owe this morning. He is the Creator. He is the Keeper of the soul. If you want to talk about Jesus today, I can tell you the author of my faith. Listen to me. He created everything. He knows everything. He is aware of everything. He setteth of the circle of the earth. He knows my going out and my coming in. He knows from whence I am today. I am preaching to you that if you're going to look to anything in 2018, I'm not preaching against peels. I'm not preaching against doctors. I'm not preaching against hospitals. Thank God for every one of them. But before you go anywhere else and do anything else, why don't you get your eye on Jesus? He can heal your body. He can save your soul. He can fix your problem. He will be your counselor. He is the God of all things today.
He's the author. Paul said, He's the author of my faith. He's why Hebrews chapter 11 was even possible. Because He's the author. He started it. You know what the author is? It's somebody that began it. It's, the, it's, the, it's, it's where it all took place at in the beginning. I want to tell you today, uh, when you talk about looking to the author of your faith, he knows, he knows your faith, and He knows how to give you faith, and He knows where you are in your faith. The author knows everything, hallelujah, because He's writing the book. He's the man in charge today. He knows what I thought when I got up this morning. He knows where you, your mind's been in this church this morning. I've got to get your attention today. If we could ever learn to look to the author, we could find the answers that we've been looking for. You will not find them in government. You will not find them in society. You will not find them in groups or clubs. You will not find them at a school. You will not find them in democracy. You will find them in Jesus. Everything you need is in Jesus Christ today. Hallelujah. Somebody said amen. He made it possible. Listen to me. He's not just the author. He's the finisher. If you just, if you just, now, now i got some builders here today. Help me out over here, Jesse, Luke, and Burl. All y'all, I don't know why all you carpenters got set together every Sunday, but I guess that's the way it is. Help me out. If you're going to build a house, you don't just put boards up. For the foundation, dig a few trenches around, and then just pour the, bring the concrete truck and back it up in there and pour it all. Say, boys, it's ready. Let's roll. There's a finisher. There's a finisher involved in that process. You know what the finisher's going to do? He's going to make sure everything's level, everything's smooth. Everything's straight. All the holes are filled. Come on now. And it takes hours to finish. Sometimes sometimes they, they get there early in the morning. It depends on how big the slab is. I understand that. But the facts are, you don't just pour the concrete and walk off and leave it. It'd be like this right here. You, you go try to lay your carpet on that, you're going to have a mess in your house. You understand where I'm at? Well, let me tell you about Jesus. He didn't just author this thing. He didn't just go to Calvary and say, here it is, y'all take it and go. Oh, no. Brother, he didn't bring us out to leave us here. He brought us out to take us through. He brought us out to take us in. He brought us out to make sure we finish. He will never, everybody, everybody listen to me. He will never forsake you. He said, Lo, I am with you. He didn't say to the Acts, uh, Acts chapter 2. He didn't say, I'm with you to the, to the end of Revelation. He said, I am with you always, even unto the end of the earth. You know what? What God has begun in you, He will finish in you if you will give Him the chance to do that. 
sometimes he's got to put us in, in, the, in the working. And sometimes there's got to be some things that have to be honed down and to get it right. But the finisher is at work today. I want to tell you he's still got a church. I want to tell you he's still got a people. I want to tell you he didn't die in vain. I want to preach to you today that Calvary was not for nothing. It was for a church that is blood-bought, that is powerful and mighty, that is going to be victorious in the end. He's still got a church, and he's still going to make sure we make it. Hallelujah. Is there anybody in here that's glad you're in the church of the living God today? Hallelujah. He's not, he's not worried about what you're worried about. Politics don't faze him. Come on now. Laws don't faze him. Marches don't faze him. Protests don't faze him. What we get all psyched up and worried about in life doesn't faze God. He's just constantly at work in the church getting his bride ready because he said it's going to be a bride without spot and without wrinkle. He's, he's sometimes, you know, you know I, know, I know we don't like to think about this, but sometimes God moves some out. And he moves others in. And sometimes God has to rid the church of some things and put some other things in place. Here's what I'm saying. I want to be in the finished work of God. I want to be in the finished work of the church. Hallelujah. I want to keep striving to be what He wants me to be. But the only way I can do it is to keep my eyes upon Him. Can I preach to you today? Get your eyes off of people. Get your eyes off of everything else. Get your eyes on Jesus today. Look up because He is the author and He is the finisher. And as long as He's in charge, everything's going to be all right. Woo! Matthew 14. I'm hurrying. When the disciples saw Him walking on the sea, they were troubled saying it is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. They thought they saw a ghost. They said, it's a spirit, and they got scared. Verse 27 said, But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. He walked on the water. Remember that miracle? Anybody here ever tried to walk on water? I remember many years ago when I was a little younger than I am now. I decided I was going to ski barefooted. I got so good at it on skis, I thought I could ski barefooted. I didn't know you had to have a real fast motor. I didn't know you had to have a real fast boat. I never will forget that day. I, I watched them do it, and I thought, you know, I, I can do that. I can do that. 
you get going as fast as you can, then you pull one foot out of one ski, or you're on a slalom, which I could do, and you put one foot down, and then all of a sudden you just step out of that other foot, and you lean back, and you hold on. Yeah, you, it was an ugly sight, Tommy. Needless to say, I, I gave it up. I tried a couple times, <laughs> but it wasn't pretty. You can't walk on water. Ordinary people can't walk on water. I got news for you today. Peter couldn't either by himself. But I want to show you something in the next verse. The Bible said he walked on water to go to Jesus. Everybody say he was looking at Jesus. He had his eyes on Jesus. Verse 30 said, but when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, where didst thou doubt? And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. I want you to understand something. When Peter sank, it was because he quit looking to the author and the finisher of his faith. When he saw, Brother Darrell, the wind boisterous. I mean, the waves must have been coming in. You can't see wind. You know you can't see wind. But I can tell you, you can see the branches blowing. You can see the water white capping. Amen? You want to know about wind? Ask Dub Dykus about it. He sunk a boat in a few days ago. Isn't that right, Dub? Wind can give some terrible effects. Wind. You, you know what? It's there before you know what's going on. And the first thing you know, wind, well, Peter was looking at the effects of the wind. He quit looking at Jesus and started looking at the problem. I, oh, what a message in this for every one of us here today. You see, as long as we're praying and we've got our eyes on Him and our faith in Him, we can just walk on through the wind and the rain and the sun and whatever else comes. We'll just keep walking. And, 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 and we, we, we walk by faith. This is what the Scripture said. You walk by faith and not by what? You can't walk by sight. It, look, Doris, I love you, but if I walk looking at you all the time, I'll fail God. If I'm looking at James Masters all the time, I won't get to my destination. You can't get your eyes on people. You can't get to watching other people. I don't know why I'm preaching all this, but I am, so you take it. And, and take it. If it don't apply to you, throw it over your shoulder. The next guy may get it. But here's what I want you to understand. As long as you're looking at God, as long as you've got your eyes on Him, as long as everything is, is, is focused and you're saying, Lord, I don't care what, what anybody does. I don't care what anybody says. You know what? We become strong Christians. We become better Christians when we get our eyes off of people and our eyes on God. When we start looking at Him, when you come to the Lord, 
Lord to repent of your sins. You're not looking to me. You're looking to Him. When you come to the Lord for to be filled with His Spirit, you don't look to me. You look to Him. It's not about me. It's about Him. Well, furthermore, if you're going to walk with God on a daily basis, you've got to walk with Him looking, looking to the author and the finisher of your faith. Oh, nothing's going to detour me. Nothing's going to detain me. Nothing's going to stop me. Nothing's going to take me down. I'm going to keep my eye on Jesus because He is the author and the finisher of my Hallelujah. You know what your problem is, ma'am? You know what your problem is, sir? You got your eyes on the wrong things. Here's what I made up a long time ago. I made up my mind. Now look, 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 let me be honest with you, okay? Times change a lot of things. I, 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 I understand that. But I made up my mind. I'm not looking around to see who's doing exactly the way I think they ought to do. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to preach His Word. I'm going to heaven whether you go or not. If we'll pray, if we'll get close to Jesus, we won't go the wrong places. We won't say the wrong things. We won't act the wrong way. But you've got to keep your eye. Because you see, the devil puts things in our path to distract us. He puts things for us to look at. Look over here, what's happening over here. Look over here. Look down there. Look behind you. Oh, no, 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 no. I admonish you today. To look up there. Because when you're looking up, you're not looking down. When you're looking up, you're not looking around. When you're looking up, you're looking at the author and the finisher of your faith. Woo! People will let you down. Are you with me? About half of you are. I'm going to hurry. People will let you down. People will destroy your faith. Some that you think are your friends will wind up not being your friends. Some that you thought could do no wrong will hurt you the worst. I'll quit preaching with the meddling. But that's the truth. You know, I love all of you. I love everybody in this church. But I, 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 I'm not, my faith's not in you. If you backslide and walk out today and never serve God another day, guess what? You ain't affecting me. Because I'm going to keep looking. Somewhere, he's got my hand. He's got my heart. So, so today, so today, as I as I quickly come to a close, there's a, there's a song that that they used to sing long ago. Look to him, look to him only. 
I think Lonnie McKithen might say that song. Look to Him. Don't look at people. Don't look at things. Don't look at the world. Look, like, if you want to get depressed, go get you a morning newspaper. Start. <laughs> There's a battle over here. Three got killed here. Four's on drugs here. Ten got arrested here. Five rapes. Two homicides. I put nothing good in there. They didn't put that we had an apostolic Holy Ghost move last Sunday, right? They won't print that. You know why? Bad news is what folks look for. Go find some good news in your paper today. It's all, it's all junk. It's just stuff that affects your mind. And the devil's working on us every day. I'm preaching good today. I don't care if y'all don't like it. Amen. I'm, I'm telling it like it is today because you know what? We got our eyes on everything else. Ooh, Pastor, I tell you, I'm worried. What are you worried about? The book says we win. I tell you what, the economy's bad. God's economy's never been bad. God's promises are true today if they've ever been true. His economy's never gone bad. Well, the dollar may lose its value, and God's economy, nothing loses its value. You know, what are you looking at? Well, did you see on the news? Yeah. Every once in a while I get a text. Pastor, did you see we're, we're about to go to war? Yeah, that's what the Bible says is going to happen. Y'all didn't know that? We're going to war. There's going to be a war. There's going to be a battle called the Battle of, the, the, the battle of Armageddon, as a matter of fact. And, and, a, and a third of the earth's going to be killed. Y'all didn't know that? The Bible said there were perplexing times coming. There's going to come a time when families are going to be split up. There's going to come a time when people won't submit to authority. There's going, come on now. The Bible talks about it. The Bible talks about the times that we're living in right now. Open your eyes and look in here. Quit looking at them. Every time something flat, you know, when, when, we, when we bombed Syria a few days ago, somebody, you know, people, people get all wired up. Look, we're living in a world where it can happen in, in, in two minutes. The next two minutes, we could be in a world war. I mean, it's punching a few buttons and we could have a nuclear holocaust. You can't live worried about that. What you've got to do is look to the author and the finisher of your faith. He brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on the rock to stay. He put a song in my soul today. And I'm going to stay plugged into Him. I'm going to keep looking at Him. I'm going to keep watching Him. I'm going to keep praying to Him. I'm going to keep loving on Him. Come on, let's stand this morning. Looking unto Jesus. The author and the finisher of your faith today. Preacher, I'm so worried. Look, I, I, I know we all worry about things. We're, we're human. But don't let the devil get you distracted looking at the wrong thing this morning. Paul said, if you're going to run this race with patience, if you're going to lay aside all the weight and all the sin, if you're going to be saved, you've got to look to Jesus. Because he started it. And I'm here to tell you this morning he's going to finish it. One of these days, and it won't be long. I believe right now he's preparing mansions. I believe right now he's getting it all ready to go. 
I don't know when it's going to happen, but you listen to me right now. One of these days, and it won't be long, he's going to say it's time to blow that old trumpet. And in such an hour as you think not, the trump of God is going to sound. And he who started is going to finish it because he's the finisher. And Jesus Christ is going to appear in the clouds and going to bring us home to be forever. Some of you live like you don't believe that. Some of you come and, and you, you don't, that don't even phase you anymore. Honey, this is why we're here this morning. This is what it's all about this morning. This is why I'm preaching this morning. Because you've got to get ready. If you're not in His kingdom, you need to let Him start it in your day. And you need to let Him finish it in the long run. Because He's about to finish it all. The trumpet's going to sound. And the bride of Christ is going to be caught out of this earth. It's all going to be finished. Because the finisher's still in charge. Ah. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. Here's what I feel like doing. I don't care where you are in this church. You can be on the back, the front, the balcony, the sides. I don't care where you are. If you will determine with me this morning that you will get your eyes upon Jesus. You know what? I pray often. Listen to me right now. I pray this often. I'm not just telling you this. Lord, just let me see through your eyes. You know, when, when the Lord spoke to Laodicea in the, in, the, in the book of Revelation, and He told them all their faults and how they were lukewarm and they were disputed, when He began to advise of them, He said, Buy me gold, try it in the fire. And He said, Anoint your eyes with eyesight. You know what we need? We need the anointing of the eyes today. We need the anointing of the eyes today that we can see the things of God and we can see the way He sees them. Lord, touch our eyes this morning. I pray it all the time, Lord. Just let me see like you see. Don't let me see like the world sees. Let me see like you see. Let me look through the eyes of Jesus today. See, while you see somebody that's a failure, He sees somebody with potential. While you see somebody that's just not right, he sees somebody that he wants to love close and pull them into the kingdom. While you see all the problems and situations, he sees another check mark by the end of time. And he says, I'm winding it all down. There's another thing done. There's another. There's another. And history and Bible is unfolding in the same place. And the Lord's getting us ready. So we got to see through the eyes of Jesus today. Who in this room would walk down this aisle or out of the balconies or from the side risers somewhere in this congregation and meet me here and say, I want the Lord to touch my eyes today that I may see the things of God. I've not seen them in the right perspective. I've not seen things the way I ought to see them. I want to see through the eyes of Jesus today. Come on, come on, come on, come on. All over this house, all over this house, you may need the Lord today to save you. You may need Him to heal you. You may need Him to do a miracle in your life. 
Why don't you look to him this morning? Look to him this morning. Look to him this morning. Yeah. Oh, what it's looked like. I want what you want, Lord. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Come on now. Put your hands up. Let's pray. Let's pray. All 